the heart of a child. It's our second part of our series with Father Michael Voidhofer from St. Robert Bellarmine uh, during Pro-Life Mo- Pro Month. And uh, Rachel, Father joins us this morning again. He does. Father, Father Michael Voidhofer, good morning. Good morning. Also, we have Nikki Schaefer in with him to give the mom's perspective. You know, no one observes children better than moms. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning. Uh, now, before we start, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, about yourself? Um, kind of, you know, what? What, why Why are you here, Nikki? Give you a little background. Yeah. Huh? Why am I sitting next to father? Well, um, I am a homeschooling mom of five kids, age 12 to 21 months. Very blessed to be a mama of these five wonderful children. And prior to that, I was a pro-life pregnancy counselor with Catholic Services and Birthright in St. Louis. I worked with abortion-minded women and their families. I did art therapy with them. And then when the good Lord called me home, I just loved being with my children, and I began to write about what I observed in them and my experiences as a mom with them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, And Father Michael, we're talking about the child. Um, in the month of October, the month, the pro-life month. And I just think it's so beautiful that we're doing this series during pro-life month. Yeah. You know, and it's just time again to... Uh, Hello, Father. <laughs> come in, come in. Check, one, two. He's there. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> praise God. Here I am. So, you know, yeah, it's, uh, this is, this is uh, October. And yesterday was, you know, we had Sunday Sunday celebrations of the Holy Eucharist. But it was... Uh, uh, October 7th is also the Feast of the Holy Rosary. Yes. And Respect Life Sunday, right, yesterday. And mm-hmm. so this whole focus upon the child, you know, and as we said last time, I don't know if you heard last time or listened in last time, um, you could always listen to that again online. Yes. But it was, uh, we were speaking of these traits of the child because it, Jesus says, unless you become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he also says, you know, you know, for such belongs the kingdom of God. You know, the apostles were trying to like, even that, I think that was last, yesterday's reading, right? The apostles were saying, hey, you know, leave him alone. He's busy guy. Right. <laughs> don't worry, you know, don't be getting, um, bothering Jesus. <laughs> right. So there, there was already an intent that the children were an inconvenience and a bother. But really, the children are inconvenienced and bothers because we want to hold on and control everything mm. and not let God lead us through the children. And we spoke last week about, you know, Isaiah eleven six, how it says in there, you know, um, that a child will lead them, right? Mm-hmm. How a child will lead them. So God's using children to lead us if we allow them. And lead us where? Well, lead us into the kingdom. Like... Kids don't wear watches and check the time and say, we're, we're going to be late in a moment if we don't get moving on this. Or or they don't say, we got to pay the bill. Don't forget to uh, write that check today, mom. You know, and, unless they get older and it's college, right? But but so, when, when we're little, at that little, little age, we're, the, we're, we're closest to the kingdom of God because we're so wrapped up in the present moment, so absorbed in the moment. And, and God is a God of being you know, not doing. Our, our doing has to flow from our being. So if we don't know who we are as children of God, all of our actions are going to be, are, are not going to be ordered toward love. It's going to be ordered toward self. So that's an important thing is, is as we come to know who we are, and that <coughs> happens when we embrace the children around us or outside of us. 
And this is an important part of why God has given us the tremendous gift of children. And we heard in yesterday's readings as well about marriage and God's design and plan for marriage between a man and a woman and how that is meant to prepare a place where children can come into the world and flourish and grow in that covenant love between a man and a woman. Mm. And and it's it's there where we're going to talk a little today um, reviewing a bit of these traits, but we also want we're going to start going into how the enemy attacks children mm. from the from the more obvious to the less obvious. And I think that's you know we always talk about the the obvious ways you know abuse and abortion and and and, and so forth. Um, but there are very subtle ways that the enemy attacks children, and and I'd, we'd like to talk and focus and reflect a bit on how does the enemy attack the child in me, because. The child Jesus lives in me and in you and all of us. So how does the enemy attack the child in me? And I think that's an important question to ask us all because the, the spirit of the Antichrist is a spirit that is anti-child. You know, Antichrist, anti-child, um, anti-kingdom, you know, anti-being. You always have to do, 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 do. You know, and one of the ways the enemy attacks is by telling us you have to always be doing and doing and doing. And then if I believe that as an adult and I lose my child's spirit, I'm going to push that upon my own children. Mm. And my own children are then going to start to lose their child's spirit in an early age, which will then psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically, you know, stunt their growth. Mm. And that's where a lot of, you know, you could say um, illnesses come forth, not just phys- not physical so much, but more of the, psychological, emotional, the rest we place on children, which we might not intentionally think we're doing because we've bought the lie of the utilitarian culture Mm. where everything has to have utility. So if my kids aren't useful in some way, they're a waste of my time. You know, I got to work. I got to build my uh, status. I got to build my reputation. I got to get up that ladder. I got to be better and better and better. And kids are very intuitive, as you know, and they pick that up. So when they see you hurrying and rushing and and really um, like almost as if anything in my way, I'm going to bulldoze over, then your kids are going to have fear. You're, 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 they're going to immediately start shutting down because they're picking up and you will, unless I, unless I hurry up with dad or hurry up with mom, then I must be in their way. Yeah. And they start picking this up. And these are just, this is a, this is just a, one example of a subtle way that we can, <coughs> instead of giving a, a godly environment, a kingdom environment for our children to grow in, to promote a very worldly, secular, um, utilitarian, you know, you name it, antichrist environment, if you want to just really name it for what it is. Hmm. So there's a lot to think about and reflect on here. So we're all called to be children of God. And we're all called to live as children of God. And, you know, Nikki, you know, she, like many moms, live this and experience this. And dads, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous battle in our world because the world's pulling us one way and God's pulling us another way. And which way are we going to go? We have to go left, we have to go right. We have to, we're at the, we're every day and every moment, there's crossroads every day. We all have them. And I just think we, we need to, before we jump into um, this direction or that direction, we need to stop and discern. And this is the key word I'd like to reflect on here for us all is 
you know, spiritual warfare has a lot to do with discernment. You know, the, the yeah. spiritual war we're in has to do with discernment. Am I just, what am I choosing and why? You know, what, what's, what's going on that I would choose to go left or right, that I would choose to, you know, rush through my day in my life? And how does that make you feel? You know, like, because <clears throat> a lot of times the child in me, the child Jesus in me is like, wait a minute. And before I even have it turned to him, I'm running to the next step. And he's like, wait a minute. And I'm running to the next step. Wait a minute. I'm running to the next. So we keep running and running and running. And that's the tactic of one of the major tactics of the enemy is preoccupies, keep us busy. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard that acronym, right? Being under Satan's yoke. The word busy. busy. <laughs> Being under Satan's yoke. Yeah. Yeah. So I've when you're that. super busy, you're under <laughs> Satan's yoke because you're not listening to the voice of God. Hmm. You're just jumping from thing to thing to thing. And you're never letting God guide you and lead you. And that's why we, I think it's good to slow down everything. Slow down your pace. Slow down the way you walk. Slow down the way you talk, Father Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to rattle a lot. But, you know, it's important that we maybe consciously aware of the fast pace that we, we, we live in and how that can affect a child's development mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how it affects the child Jesus in me. Um, so that's just, that's kind of where we're going here with this. Yeah. And, and in regards to that too, you know, when father was saying to be conscious about being slow, I found too, that looking your children in the eye, you know, it's so easy to be rushing around doing laundry. I got to do this. I got to do this. And a child is talking to me when the child talks to you, you know, get down on their level, look at them in the eye. It's amazing how that slows down your spirit and your heart and allows you to be present to your child. And I think, you know, as a mom, the, that is the one thing I've learned most, is that for a child to be a child, we have to have the space in our hearts and in our homes to allow that. Hmm. Children, like we talked about, and I'm just going to go through some of these traits again, you know, children are slow, like Father said. You know, they are just completely in the moment. They are reveling in God's love. One of the scriptures we talked about was John 1, John 3, 1, which says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Children know that in their hearts. They celebrate that they are being lavished in God's love. All you got to do is go outside with a child and watch them in nature. You know, watch them in God's creation. They run through the leaves. They crush the leaves with their hands. They try to touch the leaves as they're falling from the trees. You know, if there's water, oh my goodness, look out. These kids are just splashing and dancing and it is such a joy to be with a child in nature. You know, nature is one of God's greatest gifts that he gives us. It's an expression of his love. And as scripture says, I mean, they allow themselves to be lavished by his love. It's so awesome. And, and another, another thing, too, another, I found this quote by Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. that says, Gives your, give yourself fully to God. He will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your own weakness. Mm. And th that's a child, right? Mm. I mean, a child is about as weak as they come, right? They're completely dependent. They're only a foot tall. <laughs> but they don't look at their size and go, oh, I'm so weak. I can't do anything. You know, they walk in a room and their presence is big. 
And it's because they are filled with God's love. They look upon his love. They look upon his face. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking right now of the, the scripture where, you know, the disciples are in the boat and there's a storm going on around him and, he, and he, he turns his face away from the Lord and he starts to sink. A child is always looking at the face of Jesus. You know, they're, always, they're experiencing his love and they're being lavished mm. in his love and they know his love. And, and speaking of weakness, you know, a child is humble. They're humble. They have an ability to receive. Their, their hearts are like sponges, right? What does a sponge do? It receives, it holds, and it spills out. Children are going to receive what they're surrounded by. That's the bottom line. So let's surround them with love, guys. Amen. Let's, let's take time with them. Brother Michael Voidhofer joins us from St. Robert Bellarmine uh, today, talking about the spirit of a child. And we were talking about some of the aspects of the spirit of the child and some of the um, characteristics. Yes. And I'd like to you know, start to, want, Psalm 131, it says here, My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. And he says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. And, And this is, again, one of these qualities. My heart is not proud, meaning I don't think I can do everything. I don't start doing everything and just like running through life, but I'm humble and I receive life. Life isn't something... That, that, that I just presume it's, it's a gift. And so a child is always, you know, in that humble heart posture, that poverty of spirit. Like all things are gift. All things come from God. All things come from, you know, mom and dad helping me, providing for me. And it says here, I don't concern myself with great matters. Children don't overly concern themselves with great matters. They're very much concerned with how mom and dad are going to take care of those matters. And so... You place all of those struggles and trials in the in the in your parents' hands, and and that's what God is our Father. We say it at Mass, our Father. We pray that prayer every day, our Father who art in heaven, and so God is a Father who's in heaven that wants to care for us. And it says here, I've calmed and quieted myself. Why can you calm and quiet yourself right now, today, as you're going through your day? What can lead you to calming and quieting your spirit? Well, you have to have a child spirit. You have to be. Open to the Father's care for you. God can give you peace if you let him, like right now. I, I was driving to the nursing home, I, and I shared this before, but I was driving to the nursing home one day and just tired and struggling, and, and I just talked to my guardian angel, and I spoke to my angel, and in the next minute, I literally felt this peace that I couldn't explain. And I knew it was my angel, and I knew it was my Father in heaven caring for me. So ask your angel, you know, like a wean child, I'm content. So hope in the Lord, not in your job first, not in your health, not in all of the things going on around you, but hope in the Lord and let the Lord worry about all those things. And I know this is hard. It's easy to talk about. But bottom line is the reason we're talking about children is because children do this. Mm-hmm. Like we, we lose this as we get older, sadly, and that's why we get sicker. <laughs> so the more you recover from the lost, you know, you need to recover that child's spirit. And as you recover that child's spirit, you're going to find yourself more free. You're going to find yourself more alive. You're going to find life more enjoyable and exciting. And you just have the kingdom of God. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Well, in heaven, everyone's a child. Everyone lives like children in heaven. And again, we're not talking about childishness. We're talking about childlike spirits. To have a spirit of the child, to, to rediscover what it means to be child. And one of the ways Nikki was suggested, watch, go out and watch, go out and watch a child play. You know, again, go out and just watch the children play in the park or in nature. You know, go to a playground. And Nikki and I, we've talked about this before, but you know, it's sad, but you go to playgrounds today and there's no kids anymore outside. They're all playing video games. They're all in the house. They're all watching TV. What, how is that forming the children and the generations ahead of us? Like the enemy's not stupid. He's not going to place like obvious things in front of your children, although it's getting more obvious on TV, I guess you could say. But we, you know, as parents, you're the protectors of the child. The child's spirit has to be protected. And I know, again, we're pulled in so many directions, but your number one priority as a parent is to care for the well-being of your child's spiritual development and care for their psychological, emotional, and physical well-being. But their spiritual development, everything in the spiritual will always flow into the physical, emotional, and and mental. So if their spirits start to get misaligned, it's going to affect their mental and emotional life, and that's going to affect their physical well-being. So the spirit, how do we protect our children's spirit? You know, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, we read St. Paul himself says to us, Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And, I mean, we can go on and on. He puts on this armor. He speaks Mm. about the different parts of the armor. But, you know, we put on the armor of God. What is the armor of God? It's living in truth. The identity of who you are. Your children. or children. Like say that to yourself. You know, claim it. And, and <laughs> let the children that are in front of you today or around you, call that out of you. Let them remind you of your identity. And see, this is why Satan, you know, going into the attack here a little bit. This is why the enemy attacks the little child. Because the little child reminds us of the kingdom of God. You know, and... and why is the children under attack today? Because children are the key to the kingdom. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's exactly why there's abortion and abuse. You know, why is there abuse? Because, well, this child's in my way. It's not he or she's not doing what I want them to do. They're not doing it like this. They're not doing it like that. Do you think that's going to help a child in any way? And the reason we do that and put pressure on our children is because we ourselves have killed or are killing the child in our own spirit. So the, the, the aborting of the child, you know, you could say, we could speak about physical abortion, but there's a spiritual abortion that happens in my own heart. You know, we can talk all about abortion and all this, but often what's missed in the abortion battle and the war against abortion is these people that promote abortion or foster you know, this culture of death, they themselves have aborted the child within their own spirits. And we as parents can be moving in that direction of doing that 
by the way we push our kids or drag them to 15 different sporting events because we're working out our own issues with our children. And, and, and that's just truth. We all struggle with this. This isn't just something, you know, it's not meant to be a, a condemnation of anyone, but it's meant to be a calling out and a challenging to put on the armor of God every day. Watch your children and let them remind you of who you are. Don't pull them up into the corporate world, but let them pull you into the kingdom of God. And then your experience in the corporate world will be much what it's meant to be, which is the proclamation of the kingdom of God, because you've let your children evangelize you, and then you go into the world and you bring God's message of love and hope to others. And, and, and the, the greatest fruit of all this is peace. Like, how do you have peace? Like, oh, look at all this stuff going on in, in your workplace. How, how can you have peace? People look at you and they see your peace. They see that aroma of Christ coming off of your spirit. And they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I have an Abba. I have a Father. I pray every day. You know, I, I connect with Abba every day. I connect with the Father, you know. Um, and you start to give off this, you know, I don't concern myself with things too great, but like a weaned child in its mother's arms, you know, so my soul is with you, my God. And, and people pick that up. But the children are the key here. They're the link into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And because children are the link to the kingdom, I mean, that is the number one place that the evil one is attacking. He's going to attack the child and the childlike. And let's look at all those areas that that is going on. Well, obviously abortion. That, that's, yeah. you know, I mean, there have been 55 million abortions since Roe v. Wade and that's in our a low country number. alone. That's, that's, just, a low that's just surgical. Wow. Let's say of all the, from, from abortifacients, contraceptive, mm. you know, chemical abortions, like a lot of people don't even acknowledge those are even abortions. Right. It's the same thing. A baby's being killed in the womb, whether it be through contraception. And it's hard to measure that number just because, you know, you know, for example, if the woman's on the pill and she gets pregnant, if her uterine lining isn't thick enough to take that baby in and, and nurture it, the baby's going to miscarry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that miscarriage has to do with, you know, the, the effects of that c- hormonal contraception and oh, how yeah. it hasn't allowed her body to be a hospitable environment for that baby. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just an example. But yeah. how many of those happen? We have no clue, you yeah. know. But sorry, Nikki, go ahead. No, a- absolutely. And I think I think a, a big myth that goes along with that is is what you were talking about earlier. You know that children are a burden. That the f- the f- you know the fewer children you have, the freer you're going to be. That is a lie. Yeah. That is a lie. You'll be more free to be more in the world, right? Yeah, more free to be worldly. But you know, each each one of my children More toys. Absolutely. <laughs> each each child is a gift and each child has something new to give you. Each child draws, I think, more of our own childlike spirits out if we are willing to embrace them. Again, the scripture we talked about last week, Mark thirty seven. Whoever receives a child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not only me, but the one who sent me. Literally, when we take time to look at a child in the face and embrace them and to love them and to receive who they really are, that begins to emerge in ourselves. It is such a beautiful plan that God has for parents and for children when we embrace the plan that God intended, which whoever receives a child receives me. 
We are receiving that Christ-like spirit in our children. And because of that, then it brings it up. It resurrects it in in ourselves. It is so beautiful. So parents, take time. If you are finding that you are too busy to pause, to look your child in the face, to have one-on-one time with those children, to love them, to hug them, to play with them, to go in the leaves with them and run through them, take stuff out of your schedule. If you are not finding time to pray with the Father, and that's the key, parents, is that we have to, as parents, receive from the Father first. We have to intimately know our need for God as a child. I need you, Papa. I need you to guide my day. We need to be able to sit in adoration or sit in nature or just sit with him in our beds and receive him and go to mass, go to the Eucharist, receive him in the Eucharist. The church is so rich in ways that we can receive our father as children. And you know, if you think about prayer, if if we're struggling with prayer, maybe it's because we don't believe God's going to provide, you know, like our image of the father is such that, well, he's not going to help me. He's not going to provide. So we've kind of just throwing that out like, ah, I'm not going to go. Why would I go waste time in front of the Eucharist? Why would I sit in front of the Lord for an hour? Like, how's that going to help me? I got all this stuff going on in my life. I mean, come on, Father, how, how can I go and do that when I got all these bills to pay and all this? See, that's where the enemy comes in and often derails us. He, what's going on? Think Like, discern that. Again, stop and discern there. What's going on? You're not just a body. You're a soul. And if you have peace in your soul, you're going to deal with those other issues. I'm not saying God's going to wave his magic wand and all your bills are going to be paid. <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> but the fact is, is God can give you clarity and wisdom and peace in the midst of the storms. Like how much stress and anxiety do we usually create? And how much is really authentic there in the world that really puts upon us? Like we, we, we burden ourselves a lot more than is necessary. And I call this unnecessary suffering. We create it because of, you know, like if you, if, if you tell a child there's, there's a monster under your bed, well, you're creating undue panic there. We know there's not, but a child will believe it. And so, see, we are more childlike than we realize in our believing of things that aren't true. Hmm. Like God the Father is, uh, you know, he, he's not going to, I mean, you're going to go sit in front of the Eucharist. Like, how's that going to help you? You know, I challenge you to do it. And to believe, like, reclaim your identity as a child. Reclaim your father. Who is your father? You know, that's a good question. Like, who is God for you? Like, who is the father for you? And, and you know, Matthew six twenty one says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you want to find the father, embrace the child. And when you embrace the child that God has given to you externally from, from you, that child outside, your, your children, your physical, biological children. When you embrace those children, you begin to embrace the own child spirit in your heart. And when you embrace your child spirit, you start to experience the Father loving you because you've now oriented yourself rightly toward God as a child with a child spirit as opposed to, you know, as opposed to, to, to losing that child spirit and starting to take, I got I to gotta mm-hmm. do this, I got to do that, I got to do this running like a rat race and just, yeah. and I'm, you know, I always saw this image. God holds us up by the tail and just lets us run and run and run <laughs> until we're tired. And then he puts us down and says, okay, you ready now? But we run and run and run and run and run. And then the Lord's like, okay, whenever you're ready, whenever you stop, I'll put you down and and we'll, we'll start. 
you know? Mm. So sometimes if you are getting tired and stressed out and you feel like a, a lot's going on and just feel like burdened right now, that's the Lord allowing you to taste the lies you've consumed so that you hate them. How can you reject something you just don't hate? So God's, when God lets us, you know, it's like a child. Sometimes it's like, okay, let's let them. I told them five times they want to do it. Let's, I'm going to let them go on and do that. And they burn themselves. And you're like, I told you five times not to touch the stove, but you still did it. And then they start crying and they're like, I'll never touch the stove again. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives. We got to mm-hmm. sometimes experience the attack or the lies of the enemy so that we can then choose the other road. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father Michael Voidhofer and Nikki Schaefer coming in, talking to us about how to have faith like a child. Father, if we can end with your blessing. So, Father, we ask that you anoint us with your spirit. Help us to recover from the lies that keep us from living in the child's spirit, that keeping us from living Jesus, who is your son, our Lord. Save us, Lord Jesus. Protect us, defend us. Help us to embrace the gift of every child in our own hearts. And may Almighty God bless us all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.